Welcome to Darkly Lit, where we harvest a handful of horror and an ear of eerie to see what was sown. I'm your host, Kayla King. I'm joined by my other amazing co-host, Sade. Hello, and happy harvest, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's spring, it's time for the harvest! <laughs> right? That's that's the time. And, and my other co-host, David. Hey, makes my ears bleed. <laughs> well, luckily it's not real hay, so... Also, this tractor's on a literal track. Uh, today we are discussing um, a comic book. Well, it, it's, a, it's a collection of comics. I think it's the first five. It's the first five, yes. Uh, to make the first volume, which is um, Farmhand uh, Volume 1, Reap What Was Sown. Uh, and also, I wanted to thank everyone for being patient with us. I know this was supposed to come out last month, but... Um, a bunch of stuff came up, uh, personal stuff, like, like, uh, that included, um, moving things and such. So, again, thank mm -hmm. you so much for your patience. Thank you. <laughs> Figure I get that out of the way. Yeah, I'll, I'll provide the description for this. This is an interesting one. Go for it. It's yeah. actually really nice we to have a physical copy of the book in our hands right now. Yeah. Uh, strange little aside here, I... <laughs> I was posting um, on Twitter like, oh, uh, we're going to be discussing um, Farmhand. And I chose a GIF originally and realized this probably is not going to work, where it looks like a huge plant with a bunch of eyes, but it starts out looking like holes. It's one of those like, wow, what are you, those seed pod kind of things? Yeah. Thing? The ones that give... I don't remember what it's called, but you have that, you know, that you see those things that give you the, the fear of like, like a bunch of small holes and stuff. I, I once that, I, that version of that. After I posted, I realized, oh, this is going to probably trigger that fear. So I deleted it and I found something else that, mm -hmm. that was a little more harmless, I guess, but. <laughs> it's pretty spooky though. They yeah. both are, but yeah, the first one was definitely very much on a. So farmhand follows the journey. I guess it'd be a journey. Uh life of uh, a man named Zeke. He and his family, his wife and his two kids have moved back to his hometown uh, where his dad is quite famous because he has developed a way to farm and grow body parts. So there will be arms coming from branches of trees, um, noses uh, appearing in flowers. And as a result, he is he's become quite big nationally because basically he discovered how to, like body part replacements stuff mm -hmm. that a lot of people need mm -hmm. um however uh not all is well in this in this whole thing there's clearly some family drama between zeke and his dad past trauma and uh weird stuff has been happening for example a young armless kid decides to come and steal something from the factory and then uh, there's a point where someone brings a dog in and that dog becomes a plant mutant. Um, and then there have been people who have kidnapped, try to kidnap Zeke and one of the factory workers. And in the midst of this, there was there's also an election in the town between uh, Mo, who people consider the crazy old lady, versus... Um, Randall, who is the current mayor, but 
he uh, helped support uh, uh, Zeke's dad's business. And the, uh, weirdly enough, Mo wins. And we discover she's not, there is more to her than what appears to be. We wanted to start with just the first, the first collection. And um, dang, if I'm not hooked, I'll be completely honest. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think, Zade? Uh, I think it's it's definitely a fun, I'm having a fun time with it. Um, I wouldn't mind continuing it if we really wanted to, because I think there's a bit of a mystery still left and we're kind of wondering, but, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely different from like what we've read in the past and just like the art style is fun. It was was a nice, good, fun read. (laughs) Yeah. Good fun read is a good way I'd put it. I I wonder, I, I mean, considering we're not even done with it yet i'm wondering just how much we can talk about with this one and i know i say that a lot in these podcasts and different podcasts and we always end up talking for like an hour and a half so i I think i mean we've talked about um books and sections before um i think we could talk about what we've gathered from this as a first volume as a a developing story what this uh world entails um because this is definitely, it, it is a modern day world, but it's clearly in a universe where, I mean, body parts are being planted so and grown. Uh, I think one of the cool things about this too is that um, uh, most of the characters um, are Black. That's always a nice, fresh perspective. The, the fact that like his dad, um, his dad is named Jedediah, is this like famous farmer and everybody in town knows his name, and you either love him or hate him. Yeah, He's got a mixed reputation in uh, Freetown. Com- this book's uh, setting is Freetown, Louisiana, so that's also interesting too. And I gotta say, it's interesting because there's also this dichotomy about the fact that the uh, Jenkins farm, where the organs are grown, has almost a Jurassic Park vibe to it, just from the very beginning, because they've got this like tractor tour where they tell this, the stylized version of the story. And then they go through and see the organs actually being harvested from the trees and from the plants and everything. And and yet, despite the fact that it's all that's that it's somewhat open and people can go visit it, there's still people who are trying to get through security in order to steal the farm secrets. And uh, there's a lot of sinister stuff going on. Everybody seems to want a piece of this business, and uh, some and lots of people with different objectives and different um, goals. Yeah. I think the interesting part is they all have secrets. Like every single person in this book has a secret. Even mm-hmm. like we like Jedediah, of course, has his secrets. But also, um, we see uh, his sister Andy, uh, Andrea. We learned that she was in the military. Actually, lost her leg, but instead of taking on the um, leg, like one of those homegrown legs, she actually has a metal leg. And she might be sneaking secrets uh, to the government about her dad's um, business. That mm-hmm. that in itself is interesting. And then to discover that um, Mo, because uh, at one point you're like, okay, maybe she is good. Maybe it's just, uh, nope, she's clearly the villain. I get the, well, uh, among many, but Mo is, I think Mo is definitely the main threat right now. There's some, mis- There's. I mean, we already get a sense of mystery in that, there's an implication that she might have been involved in the death of Jedediah's wife. At least that's what they're, I think they're hitting at a little bit or that or, but she's got some, she's got an agenda and uh, it also helps that uh, she's a plant person or, or at least is imbued with the plant 
matter. Mm -hmm. We don't know how quite yet. But we know that she was involved in some of the early experiments. And the, the interesting thing is we leave this with a lot more questions and answers. And honestly, we one of the things we still don't know is what the seminal event was that drove um, Zeke away from his dad at this point still. We still don't know the, the full extent of the family drama. And that's interesting, too, because you've got that wrapped in the, sort of at the, the heart of this bigger, weird story about uh, horrible mutant plant things. Well, not even mutant plant things. It's like One of the things that gets set up is that Jed had a vision of some kind that let him sketch out a new kind of human stem cell, basically a map of a new kind of human stem cell, and when put into practice, it allowed him to to grow these things, which in a weird way are like, like almost sentient and intelligent in the way that they bond with someone. Uh, you see a lot of fascinating bits where you see people getting different uh, limbs replaced uh, and extremities added to, like the woman who has a missing nose that gets a, no a new nose, um, the boy with the missing arm who gets a who has a the metal or the prosthetic that then gets replaced with the the, the grown arm? Mm -hmm. um, what's interesting is by the end of it, you get a sense that like this may not this whole thing may not be con as contained as everyone thinks it is because it seems to be growing out wild out in the countryside. Hence the uh, weird caterpillar bulldog thing. <laughs> mm. um, what did we think of that character or <laughs> this creature? I guess it's kind of cute. I guess I'm more of a cat person. You guys already know that. Mm -hmm. this is true uh it's no stitch no not even close stitch is way cuter i'm sorry oh yeah absolutely not even similar energy but it is a big it is a big awkward looking caterpillar dog thing i don't that's the best way i can describe it what do you think that is because isn't there a point where jedi sees him and he's like oh no it better not be yeah again he knows a lot more about everything than he lets on even that last where uh, uh andy comes back from her sojourn and you know wakes up from her basically being drugged by um, Mo and she's like I it was Thorn Thorn did something and everyone knows that the dad I feel like everyone knows that, that Jed knows something and he's just like honey I have no idea and it's like he just plays it off and I'm like this is a not a good family dynamic at all here. Mm -hmm. Like the fact that he's keeping all these secrets is putting so many people in danger. And you can tell it's continuing to deepen the mistrust that, that Zeke has for him. I think the beginning of this is an amazing beginning, by the way. I actually read this twice. Um, the first time I read it, I read it as an ebook, and it was just like, oh, a, a sci-fi comic. And that's how it was described. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds interesting. And I was able to borrow it from um, the Libby Library. And then as I'm reading it, it opens. It's a, a young Zeke with his sister cleaning up after uh, what appears to be a bobcat got in and killed some of the chickens. But then it opens with an eye appearing. And it turns out it's there his dad's face. And all of a sudden, like, he grows into a tree and his son and daughter are now being a part of that tree. And he is saying that it's too late for you. I'm sorry, but there's no good for us. And I'm like, oh my God, that is horrifying. Like the imagery in that, looking at that is pretty like scary. At least the part with um, uh, where you see like the eye and his face and the horror on the children's faces. I quite like the big splash panel of the tree. The giant tree with all the bodies attached to it. And then um, it turns out it's a dream that Zeke is having. Here's the weird part. Is that just a dream or is this a memory he has? Did this actually happen? We don't know. We don't know. We don't know yet. And that 
is a great setup to the rest of the story. So that was when I realized, I'm like, wait, this is a horror? And I had to look and double check. Yeah, it's a horror. Um, well, it's a horror comedy is what it's described mm-hmm. as. That kind of kind of tracks because um, I've read uh, a bit of uh, Rob Guillory's first uh, comic, the one he was first really real known for, which was Chew. And that one had a very similar kind of premise that is horrifying but also ludicrous because it's about a uh like a, a detective who um has a whenever he eats anything he learns everything about it like you know where if he eats an apple he knows where the apple was grown what kind of pesticides were used on it when it was harvested how he if he eats meat he knows how the animal was killed um so of course he ends up involved in a, in a case where he has to figure out uh, you know, he has to be on the trail of someone who killed someone. Uh, he ends up eating the killer in order to learn. And that's just in the first issue. So it's it's just, it's actually, oh, but it, the humor part that comes in is, uh, for some reason, the only food that doesn't do this to him is beets. Oh. He gets nothing from beets. That's funny. So I was already familiar with that kind of work. So Farmhand feels kind of like on brand, but at the same time, a completely different kind of off off kilter horror. And I really like it. Uh, what do you guys think of the humor in this? I mean, it's a. I mean, we all come from. We all love the horror genre, so we we already have a dark humor, and that's that's what this is mostly. Um, I think if you also come from like like if you have your own kids and like whole family set up, there's some humor there that you might identify with a bit more. But overall, like it's it's not the funniest thing to me, but I'm enjoying it. Again, it's mm-hmm. it's fun. It's fun yeah. humor. Fun dark humor. <laughs> I like the little bit of gore. I like gory <laughs> humor. Mm-hmm. Flossing Venus fly traps teeth. You know, like <laughs> that, that, I think the, the weird um, what's it called? Body horror. But it's body horror humor in a way, and I, I like. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 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 gag with the uh, the the melon patch. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> funny. That was funny. <laughs> Um, Adults I, only. What would the penis patch be called? I thought it was all. Or was it all? No. If well, the melons are boobs. Yeah. Would it be uh, normally the uh... eggplant central? <laughs> oh, I, it would grow like an eggplant. <laughs> or like cucumber patch, pickle patch. I don't know. <laughs> Zucchini patch. Zucchini patch. <laughs> Think of any phallic uh, food or vegetable. There was an old song that said dicks don't grow on trees. Um, Well, it's true, but I don't, I can't, I can't imagine them growing on trees. They probably sprout from the earth in this situation. We'll see. (laughs) Fully erect. Yep. (laughs) Ah. Um, I appreciated as a a humor aside, I appreciated um, like all the weird little like, because there's all those weird little memos and notes and background signs and things, and they were always kind of humor um, humorous, like someone holding a clipboard that just says WTF science. <laughs> um, just, just little bits like that. There was a hospital poster that said a great place to meet your demise or something like that. Like <laughs> there's, there's a lot of like dumb humor in the background science, and I kind of appreciate that. Do you guys have any favorite characters or characters that stood out to you? Uh, what's Batman Boy's name? Mikhail? Yeah. He's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just enjoyed the the little moment where ugh, I forgot the son's name, but he's like, I know your secret because he thinks he's Batman and he freaks out and they're like, okay, we're friends, kind of. Yeah. Way. 
It was cute. Based on a very dark thing in that this Russian kid killed his uh, his handler. Uh, Riley, that's the boy's name. Riley's six. Yeah, Riley is six years old. He watched Mr. Fuzznut get his head shot off by a laser pistol. That was exciting. I mean, what's childhood without some traumas? Good point. It's true. <laughs> it's true. I like Andy so far. Mm-hmm. But I'm definitely curious about the, how much she knows about the situation, too, you know? It's interesting, because that whole backstory uh, with her being in the military, I did not see that coming. I'm not going to lie. That came out of nowhere. <laughs> I thought she knew secrets, but, like, in a way where she was trying to protect her dad, like, in the factory, I did not see the whole, oh, she has a mission and it includes infiltrating her dad's factory. Mm-hmm. It gives a good. It gives a, an interesting angle. I think we we honestly know a little bit more about her so far than even a lot of the other characters, and that's saying something. I also liked uh, Tree, uh, the the minister. Oh yeah, he was a pretty chill character. Yeah, a bit, a bit he, he cold clocked people with a Bible. That, I mean, like like those two guys are trying to kidnap. Um, Zeke. Zeke, he just fucking chucks a Bible at them and like like breaks someone's jaw by throwing a Bible at them. That was pretty awesome. <laughs> it was a bit too Deus Ex Machina, but it, in this comic, I can see it because this is just it, it works with kind of the, the 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 really like colorful and angular like art style. Like it's just very very cartoony, mm-hmm. and at the same time, it lends itself well to the very surreal moments and like the the gory bits that happen. Guillory's art style is really cool. Yeah, it's a very cool art style. I mean, I think um, I, there's a couple panels in here that I just, I really dig. But I, actually, uh, that's gonna that's one of the questions. I will wait to address that then until that comes up. Um, now, one of the interesting reveals is that Andy has a metal leg. Um, she lost her leg in, I, I assume, it, it was in battle. She's like crawling out of the wreck of like a, like a Humvee or something. Mm-hmm. But instead of a, well, a homegrown leg, she has a metal leg. And I wonder, does her dad know about that? And is probably if, if he know. does, how does he feel about that? Uh, I don't know. Because we don't, we don't know all the secrets. So it could be like, maybe he wouldn't, because well, he wouldn't want his kids to have any of the homegrown options. Because uh, he knows the, the commitment, because he knows like what it really would really entail. Mm-hmm. And like that something could possibly go awry because there was that one client that called and she had like flowers sprouting from her spine. Mm-hmm. So he, he has to be aware like, okay, there's some some complications. So he maybe wouldn't want his kids and that's why she has the metal leg. I feel more that it's she's keeping it a secret because if she, mm-hmm. I don't know, I feel like it'd more likely be a secret if she's also like trying to get an intel or something, is doing something behind her um father's back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, it could be either way, too, because like so far, the only member of the family we know for sure has even uh, any Jenkins farm extensions is Jed himself, because he's got a literal green thumb. Mm-hmm. It would be kind of just, dis- well, not disappointing. It, as soon as you saw you had a th- green thumb, um, I was like, yeah, that tracks. It, I almost would be disappointed if he didn't had a gr- have a green thumb, so... Well, it works in the in the like sim, the symbol of the the farm too, because it's the it's the same hand and same thumb that's on this sign, but where the thumb would be on the sign, there's like a little sprouting leaf. Mm-hmm. By the way, we know this is a fair bit into some like a hypothetical future because we see um, uh, an FBI file on 
on Jedediah, and it says he was born in 1982. Oh my gosh, if he was born in 82, he would he wouldn't be that old. If it was current day, then he'd only be like what entering his 40s. Yeah, he would be. Yeah, he'd still be in his 30s. Which clearly he's not. He looks like he's probably in his sixties, maybe seventies. It's a great panel image. Like, like it reveals a lot. But then you see this FBI agent is dead, and there's money on the ground. There's great panels like this that all of a sudden you're just like, interesting story, interesting story. What the fuck? <laughs> Potentially a not too distant future here. Mm-hmm. So in strangely enough, small town Louisiana. <laughs> Yep, doesn't it, feel too different from now. What do we think of the kids? They're, they're kids. I mean, they, they aren't the most interesting character, but they also are at least well-written. Like, they're still interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think um, they have uh, enough of a personality that I'm not annoyed by them. Or I it's it doesn't feel like, oh, we're going back to the kids scenes again. No, it, it never felt like that for me. Because there's been, there's stories or books I've read where kids get involved and they're not believably written. And I'm just like, I don't care about them. Please, let's go away. <laughs> let's Can we not focus on these kids? But there, there's a lot of humor. Pro- I think the whole idea of uh, Riley thinking Mikhail is Batman <laughs> and that, that whole interaction is like, I know your secret. What? <laughs> yeah, that was great. I, I won't tell anyone. What do you want? Money? No, I, I just want you to be my best friend forever. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that interaction was really cute. Best friends with Batman. No, it's not Batman though. It's the Batman. He always says it with the Batman. He's the Batman. The Batman. Yeah, I um, like I said, this is just the first volume, and um, I think there's more. There's a lot more to go, and I know there already exists. So we could go out right now. Well, not right now. We're recording this. We could go out, get the next one, read it, um, and then decide if we where when uh, if we might uh, save it. Save it for down the line. We might consider reading volume two for another episode. I, 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 I will say this much. I, I like it enough to want to continue and know where this is going. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I'm interested. I don't, maybe we might not, we might not talk about it on the podcast, but as a per, for, from a personal perspective, I want to know. Uh, I wanted to bring up the ending of this, or at least the, the ending of this volume, mm-hmm. where is revealed some of these people may be infected by whatever plant life is happening because one of the things that gets discovered during um the cookout is that when they're about to uh open up a pig is that his their the organs have turned green and it looks like plant life has taken over and now it's starting to infect the people what do we think of that who do you think this is caused by is this caused by the factory or well, not the factory. I keep saying the factory. It's the farm, uh, Jedediah's farm. Or is Mo behind this? I don't know. It feels like it's just like well, mm, it might be like some kind of um, contamination. Like it just kind of seeped out. Mm-hmm. Um, because we get the there's that one part where we see the caterpillar dog go to sleep, and there's like little eyeball bushes or little eyeball flowers in the bushes or something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe what if it's all from the caterpillar dog? And so obviously the caterpillar dog is like spreading it slowly. Caterpillar dog is the source. That would be interesting. They kind of led hinted at that it there was something spreading because there was that that like kind of like parallel scenes where Andy's beating up the dudes and um, 
Zeke is taking out the coyotes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And we do see, we get a close-up of the eyes from the, one of the guys, and it's, like, got green veins in his eye, and then the, the coyote also has green veins in its eye. So there's something already spreading. We got a hint of that. And there's confirmation when we see the pig gutted. The, uh, the, the town sheriff also has, in a couple panels, you never see his eyes because of the hat, but in one panel you see, like, a little bit of a shadow of them, and they kind of glow green. Oh, really? I noticed that. And also, I, I think... I think it's probably, I mean, it could be a, a loose contamination, but I also get the feeling Mo knows about it or e- that or maybe even encouraged it because I think that might have contributed to her winning the election. Oh, what, wait, like like she used it to control people to like, vote for her? We don't know what happened exactly when she, after she um, used her, pa- her plant of power thing on um, Andy, after Andy came over. We don't know what the extent of that was yet. So we know that she is able to, she has more control over her own, at least as far as we know, her own abilities than like other people. So what it means, I don't know, but it's just, this is a, it's a hunch that I wonder if like she has that ability to sway people that way. Mm-hmm. I mean, after all, she was very insistent on making sure that, um, my gosh, May got the, um, the mint seeds from her like little garden place. Mm-hmm. And she's very keen on putting a lot of environmental stuff in the town and, like, turning places where there were going to be strip malls into gardens. So, like, I, I have a feeling she's behind sort of this spreading of nature, you know? Is she secretly a Poison Ivy-type character where she thinks plants should rain? <laughs> Probably. Or that or she has, you know, this might have something to do with the fact that she wanted the experiment with the... um like the, the brain transplant, like the brain injection of the of the seed to go through. And Jed didn't want to do it, but after, especially after it grew an eye stalk and blinked at him. Mm-hmm. For all we know, she could have gone through with it on herself and maybe she has a plant brain. We, mm-hmm. don't, we don't know all the details yet. So there's also, there's some, again, there's a connection between her and Jed and maybe Jed's late wife. Who is Zeke's Zeke and Andy's mother, mm-hmm. who died when they were young? So, like, we don't know a lot. And then, of course, there's the whole thing about the signs with that particular handwriting of I "Vote for Thorn" and the sign with the dead cat that was showed up in front of their farmhouse. Uh, Zeke talked about when they were kids, and he confronted his dad about it. We don't know about. There's so much we don't know. There's so much that hasn't been said yet that the, that. There's like a weird sequence of events to this story. It's kind of all over the place. And I'm here for it, but it de- definitely keeps me going, what? Why? Mm-hmm. The this, Everything so far has been very good of like kind of giving you snippets where you're like like thinking like, okay, I think I'm maybe coming up with a theory or putting this together. But every time you like think you've gotten a bit of information, you just actually have more more questions and that keeps uh-huh. you reading. The, this comic is b- really well at like giving you more questions to ponder over and just be like, what is going on? So that's, that makes it, that's what makes it really fun for me. Yeah, me too. I'm that's, I'm, that's what I'm enjoying the most about it right now. Same. Cause I like, it's interesting that you'll point out like, Oh, there's this one thing in the background. Now I'm like, Oh my gosh, I got to reread it again just to see where these mm-hmm. parts are. Cause maybe I did miss something. I don't know. There's a lot to comb over. Mm-hmm. Should we get into questions? Sure. So uh, I'm going just to combine these two questions because uh, they're very similar. One is from um, Dan uh, or Urkelbot666. 
And another is actually from uh, Beth, uh, Beth Morton. Dan asks, what do you each think of the art style? Where Beth also asks, how do you feel about their angular style and sharp colors? Do you have a particularly favorite panel? Well, like I said, I, I just said earlier, I, I like the art style. I think it works well. I actually think like it's a little different from the art from Chu, which is interesting. Chu's, uh, this, this, the color palette is different between the two. Chu is a little bit, almost more noir, mm-hmm. a little bit more washed out, while this is more vibrant. And it lends itself well, especially to a situation involving plants and things that are growing. I think my favorite panel is the woman in the bathtub with the, the flowers growing out of her spine. That's a beautiful panel. And I like the callback later because we see that same woman at the bus stop at the end of the book too. Honestly, my favorite panel is the one that actually you described is all the different people waiting at the bus stop. And you can see like they have green veins and um, there's hints of plants coming out of their skin. All of them kind of look sick. You, You can see it's kind of affecting them. Some of them even have their eyes are glowing. It's one of those things that makes you wonder how far has this gone? And also it is that kind of frightening thought, like if this is contagious and they're taking buses to other places, is this going to affect other towns? If you look at the board, it also says it goes to Austin, it goes to Boston, it goes to Detroit. Like it goes to all these different places. Like this, this bus stop goes surprisingly a lot of different areas. Dang. Even Portland's listed on here, James. <laughs> it, it, it just makes you wonder, how far will this go? How about you, Sade? You got a favorite panel? The part where they're talking about how the dude accidentally cut off uh, someone else's arm when they were, like, pruning the arm tree. <laughs> mm, that's right. That, for me, was pretty fucking funny. And also, I will say that's probably going to be my favorite panel, just because I do love that tree. Oh. And that, like, it's like this... It's got the red leaves with the the limbs and then you even the even like black branches that are also like looking like hands like I that, that mm-hmm. was lovely. I really like how that tree it's scary but also really beautiful. Oh yeah. To me. So I'll say that's maybe my favorite panel. The times where I was having the most fun was when we they were showing like the different plants and what like different things look like. Evil plants, body horrors like one of my favorite things. I don't know. I have to go through it, but I but I do really enjoy the the vibrant colors and with the use because it's like a lot of vibrant colors and then you have a, like a full black shadows. So I really am enjoying that contrast. Mm-hmm. I, I love how it just kind of I don't think whimsical is the right word, but just very emotive the way all the faces are. I just I I really like this, the art style. There's a lot of exaggerations, as Beth mentioned. It's very angular. Mm. There's a, that the belief the rounder something is, the cuter it looks. If you make it sharper, the scarier it is. So having the the, the angular look kind of goes in favor for both horror and comedy. Those angular edges, you don't see them naturally. Mm-mm. So it, it kind of gives it kind of gives all of those like unnatural elements that extra feel of just being like not right. Yes, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Dan also had another question. He asked. Do you feel the mixing of horror and comedy was balanced and well done? Yes. <laughs> Getting to the questions before you know we even did that. Yeah, we we talked about it a bit, but yeah, I I think it was comedy and horror can work really well together. Absolutely, it's a very hard thing to do though. Uh, we've had read some works that attempted horror comedy but didn't really hit that mark. 
because comedy is very hard to do. Mm-hmm. And adding that to horror, you have to add that dark humor, which isn't something that's going to appeal to everybody. Because I mean, that's the nature of dark humor. You have to balance it nicely. And I think that book does that really well. He also had a comment. Uh, he said, it was a joy to read. I thought the art was great, especially the coloring. It reminded me of some of Sam Keefe's old cart work where things could be beautiful and disgusting at the same time. I love the flair in the background. And I found myself reading every sign and poster on each page and scanning the backgrounds for other silly stuff. Oh, yeah, right back at you, Dan. <laughs> Fun story, too. Body part farm, what's not to like? <laughs> I know sometimes we don't maybe sound that enthusiastic. I know we've, there's been some we've been really enthusiastic about. But in, like, a really subdued, almost, like, kind of quietly, I, I, I this was, like, a pleasant read for me. Yeah. This didn't wow me like the Ballad of Black Tom or... Uh, Mexican Gothic did like those two wowed me but this is still a very pleasant read it's still (laughs) very enjoyable and I absolutely do recommend it I wouldn't really compare this to say like Mexican Gothic where we also had some lovely body horror because that was definitely a a much more that's a novel Mm -hmm. this is the comic absolutely I wouldn't even necessarily compare it to other like comics we've read on this show either. Like, you know, I was thinking about Beautiful Darkness. It's different from other comics that we have read on this uh, podcast. Well, there is one more question. Technically, too. They're from Zath. Um, uh, His first question is, what the fuck? (laughs) I know. (laughs) I don't think we need to answer that because, no, I I get what he means. It is quite the comic. And he says, is Grandpa cool or no? He strikes me as both kind and pretty damn sketchy. I don't think he's a bad guy in the bad guy sense, like the villain. I think he's made some difficult choices intending for the for the good, for the best, to do good. But in doing, trying to like accomplish good things for himself and his family and for maybe the community, He's done some bad things to get there. That's the kind, that's how he reads to me. Yeah, like the ends justify the means. Yeah. I think he's also hiding a lot. And when you hide something, when you hide so many secrets, it is hard for you to get a read on a character. With him, I, it's hard for me to get a read on him. Yeah. Grandpa Jenkins is super sketch to me. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't, but I, I'm with Sade. I don't think he's the villain. I don't think he is a bad guy, but he's clearly lied and is clearly hiding things that he's morally ambiguous. Yes. I think if there if I was going to be like that's the villain, it's probably Mo. Same. Definitely Mo. Uh, that's all our questions. Do we have any final thoughts? I'm going to go read the next volume. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> no, I like it. I'm going to read more. I feel like this is this was actually a decent one to kind of get back into the swing of things with Darkly Lit since we had a you know a break. Yeah, it was definitely it was a, a nice, quick, good, easy read. Something easy to get back into talking about stories. I I want to tell you guys. So my mother gardens. I don't garden. I'm I'm terrible with plants. I'm allergic to everything that is nature. I've seen uh, pictures of the the garden you have out back so yeah Yeah, we have a pretty big uh space in the backyard so we have a lot of plant beds but this year uh when there was ice it collapsed our little greenhouse oh no so the entire kitchen counter and the dining room table are just covered with seedlings right now Uh and so after i read this and i go out to like make my coffee it was just kind of like looking over, like nobody be spout, sprouting any eyeballs, okay? <laughs> like, yeah, we're overrun with plants, with little seedlings right now. Maybe it's looking at overrun with plants have a completely different meaning. 
Hi everyone, Kayla here, future Kayla actually, currently in the midst of editing. Uh, the audio file got a little messed up at this part, um, and this is the part where we actually announce what the next book is that we're reading for the month. I am so sorry. So, uh, I have to cut in here and just let you know that our next book we will be reading is The Only Good Indians by Stephen Graham Jones. Uh, that book just came out last year. Uh, it's also the same author who wrote Demon Theory, but uh, if it helps, I've already read uh, a little bit of it, and it's a lot easier to read, so, and much more accessible to get, so you're, you guys are good. Uh, <laughs> sorry about this, um, and uh, here's the rest of the episode. Go listen to our other podcasts on creative horror, like Midnight Marinara and Undercooked Analysis, and all of the episodes of The Witching Hour. If you guys didn't know, um, we have a YouTube channel uh, for Creative Horror, and we are uploading our old episodes of uh, Darkly Lit. Yes, those are coming out every other week. Uh, essentially, every week that there is not an episode of UCA, there is a backlog episode of Darkly Lit being put up there. So we have a bit of an archive going now. It's actually pretty nice. You can also find us on Twitter, uh, either the Creative Horror Twitter, Creative underscore horror or the darkly lit uh which is at darkly lit pod uh and you guys can tweet us uh what you guys think of the the reads that we did or things that you want us to read in the future we're definitely always looking for book recommendations or you just say hi yeah yeah i like it when people say hi <laughs> you can wave at us with your prosthetic plant hand <laughs> uh are you gonna blow out the candle with that prosthetic uh hand or are you gonna use it to carry it out I'll let the I'll let the two lips do it. Two lips. Yeah, the, the literal two lips. All right. Good evening, intrepid listeners. This is the Pasta Shade, the host of Midnight Marinera, and this podcast is part of CreativeHorror.com, a network of podcasts and creators working together to build a constructive community of horror fans. For more content like this, visit us at creativehorror.com. <laughs>